Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. The fine folks at Rocket Mortgage know that home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. I'm still getting the responses. Tom is, de- Tom is so disgusted. Disgusted beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, it's Annie on Twitter. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. I said earlier in the show that I would still be a Browns fan if my son were drafted, say say Pittsburgh even decided they were going to trade up, number one overall, they're taking my son, my firstborn, number one in whatever draft, which I can't imagine what I would look like if the camera panned in on the family. Like, you kidding me? I'd be so mad at the Rooney family going, you did this out of spite. Because that's what the NFL draft is, right? It's all about me, not my son. <laughs> uh, I would still be a Browns fan. Tom is disgusted. Uh, plenty of people actually agree. They brought it to a college level. It's Annie on Twitter. Says, can actively pulling for each of your sons to become, I have three, to become franchise quarterbacks, one for the Steelers, one for the Ravens, one for the Bengals. Hashtag mayhem, hashtag Ken's choice. Uh, part of it, I want to do it so badly just for the show, just for the fun. Like, I'm about to become, like, I'm starting to imagine it for a second, Tom. I'm about to become Marv Marinovich just so I can do the awkward interviews. Because my son, I would have to think about this. We're, we're the home of the Browns, where You're we're at. my argument for me, by the way. But please, Could you please imagine? Continue. Think about this. Tom, imagine the ratings that I have my son, Axel. Coming up on the Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima, it's Ken's son, Axel. The quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He joins Ken and Anthony at 9.20 a.m. Eastern. And I get on and I go, and I just start busting his chops. And I try to do things that get in his head. Trying to make them lose. Trying to make the Steelers lose. Oh, my gosh. This like, you remember, that time, son, remember that time, son, you couldn't wipe your own rear end and I had to do it for you? And then he would probably, because at this time, it would probably be a, a, certainly a dysfunctional relationship between my son and I. And then Lima would ask, well, how do you think the Steelers, or how do you think of the Browns' defense? How do you go about beating the Browns' defense? And you go, the same way I beat my dad's drinking problem. <laughs> this is going to a dark place, isn't it? You were, you were seriously making this argument so righteously just last hour, and now you're like completely trolling yourself into the ground. I'm so I know, confused I want, what's happening I want right it, now. Because think about how awkward and amazing it would be. Twice a year, I bring my son on to talk about the Steelers Purely, and Browns. From an entertainment Could you standpoint, imagine this? yes, it would be pure amazing he has entertainment. To do it. He's my son. He can't not do the but interview. This is He's your my son. Family, you're Lavar yeah, balling your family right here. You realize this? Oh, I'm not. Yes, you Levar are. Ball, Lavar Ball wanted what was best for his kids. 
Okay. Hey, you can make an argument. He got his son drafted number two overall by the Lakers. If he just had so-and-so, he ain't getting number two overall. You know I'm right about that. You know I'm right. He won- I think LeVar- that star players from UCLA go in the top five of the draft. LeVar, wanted, LeVar wanted what was best for himself. I'm not, getting, I'm not saying that's wrong, but... I'm telling you, it's just LeVar putting your did own. what was best by his son and got his son drafted. I don't care what you say. You say that star players from UCLA, that kid's a passer. It's the Lakers. No, he was the Lakers top have five without the his Lakers have. He might now. go top ten. That's so the Lakers unfair. Have, to the Lonzo. Lakers. It is unfair, but it's true. The Lakers no, have no leadership. They have no basketball acumen at that time. Levar Levar Ball made that happen. No, I don't agree. Jack but that's Adams. not the point. The point is that you're conflating your own career and your own personal success. Like you're using your children as assets in your own business ventures instead I know. of instead of your everything just being subverted for the best for their careers. You're right. Point. It's fun, isn't it? Just yeah. Isn't it fun? It's not. It's it. I, oh, I'm having. It's a entertaining, blast. but I don't think it would be fun on the inside, Ken. I don't think so at all. Although, if no, your children he- were all franchise quarterbacks. Um, I don't yeah, know what am I life, supposed no matter to say? what you were doing on the radio, I don't know that life would be too bad. I would be walking around in a really tight number one dad t-shirt. <laughs> like Jerry Seinfeld's dad. Which, again, it proves my point. If you are... I hope some people are picking up some of the sarcasm. Some of it's actually true. I think that'd be great radio. An awkward interview with me and my son of course before a Bronze be Steelers game. That would be amazing. Let's be serious about this. But... I would walk around in a tight, an overly tight number one dad t-shirt, which again proves my point that if it's Father's Day, just don't get your dad anything if you're planning on stopping at a gas station to get a number one dad t-shirt. Because that t-shirt, you can tell Jerry really doesn't care about his own father with how tight that number one dad shirt is. Because if you really cared that much about your dad, you would kind of have some sort of a guess or some sort of an estimate about what size the t-shirt is. Of course, he did buy his dad a Cadillac. I've not bought my father a Cadillac. So I guess I should take that back to some respect. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. In all honesty, I, 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 I couldn't do it. I just couldn't. Let me get the Demos in Cleveland. Why not? Demos, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. How are you guys doing? So uh, I want to explain something to Tom about the whole tribal thing maybe that in, in Cleveland uh, and other teams he doesn't get. When, when you have a high school team, when you have a college team, and when you have a professional team that you're rooting against that all has yellow and black, yellow and blue, yellow and black, you get conditioned to these things. It becomes a mental thing. It's not just, you know, uh, uh, a casual, you know, I don't like uh, the Giants. I don't like the Jets because I live in New York. It's a, it, you're focused on this team, this color that enrages you. And if you... Uh, 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 Ken is what Ken is describing is something that has been been burnt into him from from childhood, and that's why people keep going for this stuff, you know, year after year after year. And and what, to what your point was, Tom, you know, going against their own self interest and rooting for a crappy team, it's too late. That's my are you, point. Are you saying I'm broken? Uh, no, 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 no. You're 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 true blue, you know, and I don't mean oh. that in, in a blue sense, but you know what I mean. I'm saying that we're it. all conditioned by emotions that the colors have dictated we must root against or for. I like what you're saying there. Demos, thank you very much. That's some deep stuff, and I thank you very much for making that call. 855-2124-CBS. Five burning questions coming up at 1.20 p.m. Eastern. I asked Sage Rosenfels this question. He still picked Tom. 
Now, I phrased it maybe the wrong way. I said, if I were to get, and I got, by the way, I got some on Baker Mayfield later, but I said, if I were to get Bill Belichick really, really loaded, gave him some truth serum, some wild turkey, some old crow, something with a bird on the side of the bottle, and Bill Belichick and I were to get to drinking, hey, man, he's been through Struthers, Ohio, don't tell me. Who would he pick? You're an eight and one football team. Would you pick Tom or Jimmy? I thought about this over the last week. You all know, if you listen to this show with any regularity, and considering the college football schedule right now, maybe you're not. However, if you were to listen to this show, you know how much I do have an affinity for Tom Brady. Wasn't always that way, but at 42 years old, considering what he's done, I'm a pretty big fan. I ain't going to lie. I like what he does. I respect what he does. He's a great leader. It's just everything. And I think that a lot of guys, I think that the part of the reason Jacoby Brissett has had some of the success that he's had early is because of Tom Brady. Brian Hoyer is able to play decently throughout his career. Tom Brady. You, you can't. There's a quarterback tree with Tom Brady. I can't say that with a lot of different guys. The leadership, it, it, a part of that is Bill Belichick. Part of that's the Patriot way. It's ingrained in these quarterbacks, and then they're able to go on. Now, it doesn't happen for all of them. Didn't happen for Ryan Mallett. Matt Castle did go to the playoffs before you start calling me up with that. He did go to the playoffs. That, that's, that's relatively successful. And then, of course, it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think about when he traded away, Bill Belichick traded away Jimmy Garoppolo. Right now at this time, at 8-1, and one, who would Bill Belichick rather have? The more I think about it, the more I think he'd rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom's 42. Tom's getting towards the end no matter what he wants to think. That's too easy of an argument. Let me break it down even more. Tom Brady being 42 isn't just that. The fact that Josh McDaniels probably has to run an offense differently for Tom Brady has something to do with it. The fact that the type of offensive play has had to change because of Tom Brady has something to do with it. The type of offense, the type of defense that they've had to do. Still, they're able to because Tom Brady's almost immortal is that they're able to find a way to not have to pay everybody under the sun. They're able to find guys like Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola in the past and the Hogans of the world, and they're able to make those guys really count. This year, they've been after a quest over great wide receivers. Sanu, Brown, Gordon, those guys. That tells me something that maybe, just maybe, for the first time in a career, and I don't know if this, I'm not saying that this, rears its ugly head sometime in the future. I'm just giving the case for Tom or Jimmy. I feel that Bill Belichick might feel a little bit handcuffed about his future this year and his future with Tom Brady. Because a team that has gone after great guys before, Randy Moss, they've they've brought him in before. I get it. But over the last couple of years, Gordon Brown, Sanu, second-round pick for Sanu. Gordon and Brown no longer there. Losing Rob Gronkowski, having to trade a second-round pick for Sanu. Bringing in those guys might reveal, and it only should because he is that age, that maybe Tom can't load it up the way he used to be. Maybe Tom, and I'm not saying he's dead, relax, maybe Tom isn't where he was. It's only natural 42-year-old guy does that. So there's going to be more strain on an offense. Then I think about Bill Belichick, the control freak. How he does everything, not different, just better than everybody else. 
There is difference. There are things that he exploits, but he does things that are so different or so better that it feels like it's different. How he'll change punters or how he'll get a left-footed punter because it comes off the foot differently. He'll go and look for a guy because it makes things harder for a punt returner that he's playing against. It's that attention to detail that, honestly, 31 other coaches just don't think about it like that. Bill Belichick's different. I wonder if there are times where Bill Belichick's driving home from Foxborough and he hears anything about Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe he's tuning him out. I have no idea. But he hears anything about Jimmy Garoppolo. He hears anything about the 49ers. And there is a thought of what could this team be with his mind, which is still as sharp as anything at 60-something years old and will probably continue to be in into its 70s, with his mind and a 28-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo. What this team would be without any, with Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Tom Brady. Tom still aces. I think if you were to switch the quarterbacks and put Tom with Kyle Shanahan, you might still have the very same record with the Patriots. Maybe a loss, maybe two, but you'd still have a very successful football team, obviously, and it'd be very interesting to see. But with Bill Belichick, you know he's done this before. He did it with Kozar and Testaverde. He did it with Drew Bledsoe. You can't tell me he wouldn't be more than willing to have done this with Tom Brady over to Jimmy Garoppolo. And even though they're 8-1, and one, the insane perfectionist that Bill Belichick is, he takes no days off. He says it himself. Everything is obsessed, with the exception of maybe a couple days on the boat with his wife. Everything's obsessed. There's no way you could ever portray to me that on an evening drive home from Foxborough after a game, or when he pulls back in and he hears some news about Jimmy Garoppolo that he doesn't think, 8-1's great. We could definitely be 9-0. and We could definitely be better. We could be a better offense. I could still maybe have a second-round pick if I had Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Tom Brady. 855-2124-CBS. Up next, five burning questions. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Well, it is time. It's time for five burning questions. Go ahead there, Tommy boy. Let's start with a story that I'm absolutely fascinated by that we hit on a little bit earlier in the show, but you didn't dive fully into it. So Fine. late on Thursday night, Ian Rappaport tweeted out, NFL Network analyst and Hall of Famer Deion Sanders has emerged as a candidate for the Florida State head coaching job, sources Lord. tell me, and Mike Garofolo. A fascinating situation that could unfold. Fascinating indeed. Ken, what is your reaction to the idea of Deion Sanders being the next Florida State Seminoles head coach? How much money does Deion Sanders have? You want me to like look up his net worth right now? No, you don't need to. It's a rhetorical question, basically. Uh, Deion Sanders has a ton of money. He has a ton of money being a celebrity. He has a ton of money being a well-liked individual. $41 million. Is uh, yeah, he has $41 million is net worth. Now, I know that might not be sitting in the bank. He makes a fine living just being Deion Sanders. Be in the Deion Sanders business. You don't need to save a franchise. You don't excuse me. You don't need to save a program. You want to go out there and grind and recruit. You know what Jimbo Fisher had to do to keep Florida State where they were supposed to be? Like by the time that Jimbo Fisher took over, Bobby Bowden had a great system. He didn't have to be on the headset the entire time. Remember he had that kid who used to carry around that headset who followed him around on the sidelines? Some 18-year-old kid. It was a great job. 
who used to listen to the headset, and then when Bobby wanted to talk to the coaches, that's what he did. That's what Florida State football used to be. This type of idea that Deion Sanders would leave a TV booth, a cushy job to be a football coach when he's never been one, is completely asinine. And the reason that it's even thought-provoking scares me about the future of Florida State football. For whatever reason, you have a great, great state with tremendous athletes, great high school football, passionate football fans. And it seems like all three of you can't get it together at the same time. It's either Florida or it's Miami or it's Florida State. Every now and then there's some crossover or now it's UCF. You guys can't get your acts together. Rope off the state, stab each other for talent, go get other ones, and then all be good. And for whatever reason, all three of you can't do it. But Florida State being in this situation is scary to me. Go get your boosters. I got a buddy who's a booster. He'll pay anybody anything. He will absolutely have a Chase Young situation, and then he won't snitch. I'm dead serious about that, by the way, Tom. Go ahead and do it. Don't bring in Deion Sanders, though, as a head coach. That's a silly thought. Next. All right, so obviously we're rolling into week 10 of the NFL season. One of the biggest surprises so far, at least off the field, is that Dak Prescott still remains without a new contract for the Cowboys. A lot of people assume that that would be done before week one or at least in the first couple months of the season. Uh, Dak himself acknowledged to Clarence Hill from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram this week that he is gambling on himself. The Cowboys have already offered Dak a deal worth more than $30 million, but he and his agent Todd France are holding out right now for $34 million per year. Give him the money. So, Ken, is he making a, a smart gamble here? Yeah, give him the money. Give him the money. He'll still, even if, what, if he even got hurt, he'd still be worth a ton. Give him the money. Jerry, how old's Jerry Jones? 78 years old? Something like that, right there. Yeah, yeah, you're you're too you're too old to do this all over again. You did you gave Zeke Elliott money. You Gerald don't give Zeke Elliott money. No, seventy seven. You gave Zeke Elliott money. You don't give Zeke Elliott money to not give Dak Prescott. You brought them in together. They go out together. This is the way it works. You might want to change your head coach at some point. Even though I fought for Jason Garrett in the past, I don't know why. I just like that he doesn't blame anybody else. Uh, and he's a good puppet for Jerry. I'm sorry, but it's true. Uh, you can make all that argument if you want to, but it, these guys are together. We are we are grinding onions that don't need to be ground. Just put it in the pot, let it come to boil, and go win the NFC East. Give him his $34 million a year. At the end of it, you'll find other ways to get around it. If we're really grinding over $34 million here... What are we really doing? You're not setting some sort of a precedent. You're you're trying to have some sort of a fun negotiation. You did the same thing with Zeke. Give him his damn money. Make him happy. Go win football games. Next. Don't look now, but uh, LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers are first in the Western Conference after a 7-1 and one start. They're averaging 109 points per game. Uh, his rapport with Anthony Davis looks strong. It looks like the team's a little bit deeper than people expected. So, Ken, would you throw down money right now yes. on the Lakers finishing the regular season as the one seed in the Western Conference? And the ooh, I thought you were talking about the whole shebang. I was willing to say the whole shebang. Wow. Well, let's do it. Yeah, you would throw yeah. down money on them to win it. Uh, right now, you have arrested LeBron. You have arrested LeBron. I have a Nuggets team that is very, very good, but hasn't been quite to where LeBron has been. Now, LeBron's got to take all those players with him, but I think he'd be able to do that. The Clippers are a formidable opponent. I think that it could be. Could we see? Now, the seating's off, I know. But by the end of it, could we see an all-LA Western Conference Finals? It's looking likely. 
That might not be great for the entire NBA, but it'd still be fun to watch as me as a basketball fan. Uh, and by the way, if LeBron wins another one, we have to have the Michael Jordan talk again. Sorry, it's true. Um, I would put down money that the Lakers are going to be the number one seed. LeBron usually takes his rest, so they'll have to find ways. And I think they should, by the way. I think LeBron should have rest games because Anthony Davis needs to become a leader. He right. never had that with Kyrie and Cleveland. I think it cost them opportunities. He never had that uh, with Kyrie. He couldn't really get that with Kevin, but Kevin wasn't asked to do that in Cleveland. In Miami, he had another leader. The lead, the heart and soul of that team was Dwayne Wade. In Los Angeles, he's still the elder statesman. I think there's games he should sit out on purpose, and they can say rest, whatever. And I go, here you go, Anthony. Here's the keys. Take the car. Go. you got to learn to lead. you got to do this. And so if they're smart, they'll do it that way. Frank Vogel will do it that way. The Lakers will do it that way. Um, you got four good teams there. I, I love Denver. I think they're a fun team to watch. Utah is fun. And the Clippers, because of Kawhi, and you can yell all you want about rest, it's about winning a championship. If I'm a, if I'm a Clippers fan, just like I said about the Cavs when the Cavs were good with LeBron, I don't give a damn how much money you paid to go see it. I, I'm interested in winning a championship. I don't give a damn that you guys spent a bunch of money. I, I, I just got to be honest. As a fan, I don't give a damn that you spent a bunch of money to go see LeBron James and LeBron James didn't play. I got to win my championship. The Clippers, who have been an afterthought and a joke for 35 years, I don't give a damn if you want to see Kawhi Leonard in your city. I'm trying to win a championship here. I'm trying to be number one in L.A. Go pound sand. And every Clippers fan should feel that way. And every other fan base should hate them for that. But that's the way you have to feel. We've made the league. We've made pro sports. The journey's nothing. The destination is everything. We argue everything about greatness. Everything is about the hardware. It's this way in the NFL. You look at uh, you look at Hall of Famers now. You can't have a lot of numbers anymore. It's going to have to come down to championships because there's going to be plenty of quarterbacks out there, especially with the most important position. There will be plenty of quarterbacks over 60,000 yards someday. What's going to separate them? Championships. Hardware. What separates guys in the NBA? Championships. Rings. That's the difference. Baseball's a different sport, but with those two, it comes down to that. The destination is more and more important. If you're the Clippers, you can go pound it. If you're a Laker fan, give LeBron some time here and there. But he's ready to go. Arrested LeBron, we could be seeing his last great run in the NBA. He says he's got 45 good years after retiring where he won't play basketball. He's ready to play all the basketball he wants. Motivated. There is no force in the NBA. There's there's really few forces in sports than angry LeBron during a game. It's truly a sight to behold. They could be getting that a whole bunch this year with the LA Lakers. Next. All right, well, the next question was about load management, and you just thoroughly answered well, it. Well, so then we I will... can go. You know what? I can go back, and I can talk to you about what we were saying with the previous statement. Because I brought up with Dak Prescott, what are you going to do? You're going to go back to the draft and draft another quarterback? No. You're 77 years old. So your alternative is to go back to the draft, trade up, give up assets, try to go up to the draft against teams that also need quarterbacks. So guess what? You ain't getting that quarterback. Dak Prescott is a golden gift. He's not overwhelmingly great. He's certainly nowhere near bad. He is a franchise quarterback in this case. And he was a fourth-round pick. Give him his money and go. 
Go ahead to the final one, buddy. All right. The final one is uh, around a strange situation in Boston right now with Mookie Betts and the Red Sox. So the Red Sox are bound and determined to get under the $208 million luxury luxury tax threshold this offseason, which would theoretically include them trading Mookie Betts. He's owed $27 million next season before becoming an unrestricted free agent the season after that. He has made it clear that he wants to hit free agency. Um, but you would think that, especially with some of the huge contracts they've given out in recent years, this would be the kind of guy that they would want to keep around long-term. Now it's become somewhat of a debate in Boston. Most fans obviously want him to stay. Some are now moving towards the he-needs-to-be-traded. Where do you stand? Does it make any sense to you, Ken, for the Red Sox to value being under the luxury tax over keeping Mookie Betts? No. Uh, This is going to be a classist thing to say. There are reasons wherever you live, you know wealthy suburbs and you know not so wealthy suburbs. Why do you move to wealthy suburbs? Why do you avoid the not wealthy suburbs? It's a socioeconomic question and it's the same thing in baseball. You don't move to a wealthy suburb and still all of a sudden act like you used to. Things change when you have money. Boston, the Red Sox, have money. You're supposed to be different. Your fans demand it. For you to get under there, and baseball especially, shows an obscene cheapness that is not right to your fan base. I can't believe I'm sticking up for Red Sox fans of all things. That is asinine. The second time I've used that in this segment. Asinine to hear that type of argument made. Good players get signed by big teams in big markets. That's the entire reason you have that suburb. You put a gate up, there's certain things that are expected out of you. You play in Fenway, there's a certain thing that's expected out of you. If you can't deal with it, sell the baseball team to somebody who's willing to do it. You disagree with any of that? Not at all. Tom, you're a wonderful man and I love you. Billy Jack, I haven't spoken to you all show on air, but I love you too, buddy. That's fine. It's cool. It's cool. I get it. You, know? you won't say you love me back, or? Well, I mean, I did until I was completely shunned the whole show. What do you want to talk about when we come back, buddy? Wow, Billy, you can ask me anything. I'll I'll answer. I'll answer your questions. Got to get Billy Jack his shine, clearly, or he gets grumpy. I just realized I have a logjam of things. Can I hold off the five que- the five co- uh, coaches that are on- off the grid for next week? Such a bummer, but yeah. I know it's going to be my favorite segment, but we'll because I got we'll do it I got a week. I got a hot baker take coming up next. I mean, I got one that's a fastball right down the middle, and so long to the Chargers. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Final segment of the day. Speak now, forever. Hold your peace. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven at Ken Carmen C A R M A N on Twitter. Can I share a theory with you guys for a second? Sure. Over my shoulder, I, I it's halftime right now with Ohio State and Maryland. I think Gus Johnson might have said the same. I got it on mute. I just want to point this out. Chase Young's out for this week's game. Chase Young is from Maryland. Ohio State is up 42-0. Ryan Day was calling timeouts trying to get the ball back at the end of the first half. I want to know who you guys think might have called the NCAA. I mean, we're going to have to wait for Tom to come back on this one. 
Uh, you know, I, I just, it just seems to kind of work itself out there, doesn't it? Yeah, it kind of does. I mean, I mean, look, we know that I'm not the the guy to go for for college football stuff. Yeah, and I'm just, and I'm, I'm, I'm admitting that. Like, that's, it's okay. That's cool. It's okay. I'm from New York. Like, I, Billy, I, you can. It, it's human interest. It, it, it's not even college football. I mean, you don't even have to do it. It's Chase Young's from Maryland. Chase Young's going for a Heisman Trophy. You're playing Maryland today. And all of a sudden, Chase Young's out. This has been uncovered. His girlfriend, now I'm not sure where his girlfriend's from, family friend. Where could that family friend be from? And they're up 42 nothing and calling timeouts trying to get the ball back. I assume, and I'm being told on Twitter after I said this, that Gus Johnson kind of laying it on pretty thick. He feels the same way. Billy, I mean... I can't say there's fire. That would be reckless of me. A lot of smoke. Doesn't it seem to be, bud? It does seem like there's a lot of smoke. Yes, I agree. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Do we have the audio yet from uh, the Spanos? We do. Let's hear the Spanos, shall we? I know there's been a lot of crap going around in the last 24 hours about this London thing. And I just want to give you a quote from me, okay? It's total Okay. We're not going to London. We're not going anywhere. We're playing in Los Angeles. This is our home, and this is where we're planning to be for a long time. Period. Okay? And if you want me to say it again, I'll say it again. That story. Okay? Thank you. Uh, First off, Dean Spano sounds like my mom when I tell her I'm going to put her in a home. Second of all, boy, that... The more they try to distance themselves from it, the more I'm convinced going, let's see, I have audio of you cussing it out. Now, it's not racist, but, man, you guys are just turning into the old Clippers, aren't you? Old The old Clippers, open up the doors, dust, dust off the seats, at least the lower bowl. The other seats don't need dusted. The Lakers play here. Just open it up. Hey, it's pro basketball. You can't get into a Laker game, but this is pro basketball. It's the next best thing. Well, I I know Dean Span. Not Dean Spanos doesn't want to move again. Nobody wants to move again. They don't want to deal with any of that. I wouldn't want to deal with any of that. But because you come out and vehemently not because Dean Spanos comes out and says some cuss words, I'm going to believe that. So an owner who's already moved his team. I'm going to believe it. I do think Dean Spanos wants to be convinced or wants to convince himself that he will stay in L.A. And honestly, I think he will. I don't know if Dean Spanos' best idea or his biggest thought is winning football games. When you have $400, $500 tickets and it's mostly full of Packers fans, I know you got over on them. When it's mostly full of Packer fans, I think you have a real problem. When you go out the very next week on a Thursday, on short rest, you get beat by the by the. Oakland Raiders, who were also on short rest, I think you have a real problem when it comes to Dean Spanos. Every time I look at you when you're getting ready to play in this stadium, I keep seeing the Clippers. Why is that? Even the LAC abbreviation, I keep thinking Clippers. Why is that? You can be. And thank God for Los Angeles, California. It's a big enough market with enough money and enough media where you can have two NFL franchises. But I want to give the New York Jets credit. And I don't even think Tom's in the room to hear this. The Jets, even though that they are a mess and an embarrassment, and I wonder whether or not their head coach should be fired, 
just to save their quarterback? They do try. It might make it sadder, but they do try. That's in the eye of the beholder. That's in the eye of the outsider and the Jets fan. I don't think it's sadder. It makes it hurt more that they do try, but they try. The Jets do try in their own way to put out a palpable, respectable product out there in New York. They try in the same stadium as the Giants, who are also on the mat right now, trying to put together a good football team that people want to watch. They try. The Mets in New York, they try. The Nets, they try. Hell, they're the better franchise. The Icelanders, in the words of the great Steve Summers, they try. In L.A., now thank God you have the Clippers who are trying because they actually have a competent, decent owner. The Anaheim Angels, they sign Mike Trout. They try. But there's always something off. And I look at the Chargers, I go, man, you, you got Anthony Lynn, and I think he's a nice guy put in a bad situation. And it seemed like you guys made the playoffs last year, and it was a nice story. And you guys did some great things defensively that I think some other teams should have borrowed from, like the whole seven guy in the secondary thing. I love that. It's really, really good considering what, what type of a passing league it's become. And you guys were able to do some good stuff defensively. And it seems like you guys just, like your franchise, just rolled out the door, opened up the door, rolled out the welcome mat and said, yeah, we're going to the playoffs. Just like they said, hey, yeah, come on over to the games. It's NFL football. It just feels very Donald Sterling without the terrible racism, without the terrible stuff about being a slumlord. I'll always give you that. Hey, Dean, at least you ain't a slumlord. That that I know of. You got that going for you. But when you have a guy out there talking tough, well, I'm going to go cuss. That'll show him. Yeah, my mom says the same thing. Guess where mom's going? A home. 855-2124-CBS. Let me hear that. Can I hear that audio again? It's just so delicious. Please. I know there's been a lot of crap going around the last 24 hours about this London thing. And I just want to give you a quote from me. Okay? It's total... Okay, we're not going to London. We're not going anywhere. We're playing in Los Angeles. This is our home, and this is where we're planning to be for a long time. Okay. Period. Okay, and if you want me to say it again, I'll say it again. That story. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, because there'll always be people who are willing to pay for Rams games, and those people who aren't willing to pay for Rams games, they will pay for Chargers games. Or hey. We host good fan bases that like to travel to L.A. and come see the sun and come see the sights. Make it a nice long weekend. It's a nice vacation destination for the same reason why people go to Branson, Missouri. Come on out. See Hollywood. See L.A. Come take a picture near the sign. Go do this. Find the celebrity house tour. And then come on out to the Chargers game because you're a Packer fan and it's cold in Green Bay, Wisconsin this weekend. 855-2124-CBS. Uh, Baker Mayfield has an enemies list. At the top of Baker Mayfield's enemies list, it should be Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield's come to a, to a conclusion that a lot of players need to come to over time. And they always do no matter what. No matter how nice they are, if you don't play well, you're going to be taken to task. Because Baker, there's no gray area. Of a lot of coach, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of players, there is. There's a gray area where people kind of, they don't want to be too critical because maybe the guy's a nice guy or he's respectful. We're seeing that with Sam Darnold. 
Sam Darnold stood out there and answered every question. He answered it the right way, and people wanted to give him credit for it. So we're not hammering Sam Darnold yet. It makes it easier to hammer Adam Gase for it. For Baker, because there's no gray area, you're either with him or against him, the people who are against him or the people who were with him are jumping off the ship, and there were plenty of people who were against him, and man, they are circling the wagons better than I've ever seen them circle the wagons in the past. The same thing happens for Trubisky. The same thing happens for a lot of quarterbacks who were good, weren't good, guys who ended up being good, guys who ended up being bad. It's always going to come down to the way you play. I think Baker's seeing it earlier than other guys. I do think, though, that when I'm watching this and I see the reaction that happened to the post-game press conference and the loss against Denver last week, I think Baker Mayfield's biggest challenge and his biggest enemy is Baker Mayfield. Paranoia can be a great thing, a little bit. A little bit of paranoia because hubris is the worst trait you can have. Hubris makes you lazy. Hubris makes you arrogant and makes you a mean person. Hubris makes you think you can get away with things that you shouldn't get away with as a human and certainly as an American. Hubris makes you vulnerable. And so you shouldn't have that trait, or you should do what you can to not have that trait. I do believe Baker Mayfield does everything he can in this roundabout way, and you won't believe this when I say it, I think he does everything he can to keep himself humble. I think he pays too much of attention to it. You remember Nixon. Nixon could have won going away and did win going away. Got himself in hot water because of paranoia. A little bit of paranoia goes a long way. You don't want people to take your spot. You don't want people to take what you've gotten. You don't want people to get in the way of what you could possibly do in the future. A little bit of paranoia for anybody who does anything competitively, whether it's what I do or whether it's what athletes do. It's a good thing. But I think that we are crossing a line where Baker Mayfield now with his play and his hesitancy to throw because I think that he's afraid to throw an interception now because he knows what Colin Cowherd will say about him, because he knows what local media will say about him and question him. He knows what fans are tweeting him right now. I think that makes things very difficult for him. When Mitch Trubisky turned off the TVs over at Hallis Way or Hallis Hall, people went after Mitch Trubisky. I'll tell you this from experience. When things aren't going well for your franchise and you're in the building and you see on ESPN, it's a little bit awkward. Mitch Trubisky tuning it out is the best thing for him. I know that he's just a year there, but maybe, just maybe, Baker should borrow a page out of Mitch's book. Big thanks to everybody who joined us today. Tom, Shep, Billy Jack, Schwartz, John Fast, Anthony Lime is up next. Have a wonderful weekend, friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.